You're listening to 1001 Album Club, where each episode we discuss a different album from Robert Demery's book, 1001 Albums You Must Hear Before You Die. For this episode, we'll be talking about Yes, Fragile. In the room, I have Anne, Hello. Crystal, Hi. Ben, and hey. John. Yes! Fragile is the fourth studio album by the English progressive rock band Yes, released on November uh, 1971 on Atlantic Records. The producer was Yes and Eddie Offord, and the genre is, guess it, progressive rock. What? <laughs> That's right. Following the success of their tour to support their previous album, the Yes album, in 1971, the band regrouped in London to work on a follow-up. Early into the sessions, keyboardist Tony Kay was fired over his reluctance to learn more synthesizers and was replaced by Rick Wakeman of The Straws, <laughs> whose experience with a, right, a wider range of keyboards expanded on the group's sound. And from All Music Review, Bruce Etter, Fragile was Yes's breakthrough album, propelling them in a matter of weeks from the cult act to an international phenomenon. Wakeman's use of the Moog, among other instruments, coupled with the overall bolder and more aggressive style of playing, opened the way for a harder, hotter sound by the group as a whole. The opening minute of Roundabout, the album opener, and the basis for the edited single that would receive AM radio play and reach number 13 on the Billboard charts was dominated by Howe's acoustic guitar and Bill Buford's drums. And only in the middle section did the band show some of what they could do with serious uh, amperage. Long Distance Runaround, which also served as the B-side of the single, was probably the most accessible track here, apart from Roundabout, but they were both ambitious enough to carry most listeners on to the heavier sides of the core of this long player. The solo tracks by the members were actually a necessity as they needed to get Fragile out in a hurry to cover the cost of the keyboards that Wakeman had added <laughs> to the group. <laughs> yes. That's why they hired him. <laughs> to the group's sonic Oh, no, 100%. Arsenal. Yeah. Yeah. But they ended up being more than filler and pointed directly to the future of uh, more sub- uh, substantial projects. If not exactly their peak, Fragile was as perfect a record as the group would ever make and just as flawless in its timing and its content. All right, what do we think of Fragile by Yes? Well, before we get into it, just so you know, Tony K did fine post Yes. 
He did fine. John he, looked it up. Yeah, he turned out just okay. He got I mean, more than just okay. He did fine. What did yeah. he do? What did he do? Well, he, he went, went on to work with Bowie. He, he took the job oh, okay. that Wakeman did. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I knew because I, I, I wrote down about how Wakeman was offered two jobs in a day. Yeah, and what jobs were those men? Well, he was offered to join Yes as their keyboard player, and he was offered the uh, job as a touring keys player for David Bowie. God he, damn. He took the yes job because he was going to have more creative freedom, which more cape obvi- wearing. O- obviously. Well, yeah, I mean, which he could play with his hands like, and I don't his fucking toes. want it. Just let me play. Right. For for Wakeman like that, I mean, he got what he wanted. Yeah. He got oh, no, yeah. he got to fucking go. For for Wakeman, he made the right he choice. He got he went bucknucks on the keyboards. He got to wear capes, do his own thing, and He was basically the star yeah. when he then joined. I mean, yeah. because Kay, it's a good time for Keys, the prog well, rock era, right? Absolutely. Yeah. But for Kay, like, who would have known he was the keyboardist for Bowie unless we had looked? So like, how long... What? So this is 71. Mm-hmm. So is he the keyboardist in the Spiders from Mars? Ooh. Ooh. I have no clue. I'll, I'll, I'll look that up. Kay did come back to Yes later during their, like, uh, popular prog series where they did like uh, Owner of a Lonely Heart like when they were really commercially viable. They let that Luddite back in the band? Yep. I where guess by Wake- that time he'd learned to play where the Where did Wakeman go? He might have been doing his solo stuff I think. Just yeah. caping? Yeah just yeah. cape. I mean he could fly. He could, <laughs> so. he could fly past the Matterhorn <laughs> just so you guys playing keyboards know. with his toes what? in there. Tony K does yes. wear a, a bandana guys. Oh. Okay. okay. I don't know. No, so, he's good. He looks like, like a heroin a, version of David Bowie, <laughs> which is saying mm-hmm. something because David Bowie kind of looks like <laughs> heroin. <Bowie>. Version. <laughs> so this is this is pertaining to yes, not necessarily fragile era yes, but I don't know if we're going to cover more yes. We are. Did you know? So we're talking about keyboard players for yes. We, we we've got Rick Wakeman. We've got what Tony K. Mm-hmm. Did you know that in the eighties the band Yes absorbed the band The Buggles? <laughs> I yeah. did not know that. So the band The Buggles, Video Killed a Radio Star? Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. It's a keyboard player and a, was it a guitar? Or was it keyboard and guitar or keyboard and drums? Do you know, Birch? Because it was a two-member key, band. Key, keyboard and guitar, I think. Keyboard and guitar. Yeah. V- video Killed a Radio Star was was a, uh, you know, a, a one-hit wonder smash hit at the time. At the time, Yes was looking to replace a keyboard player and a guitar player. And they just <laughs> absorbed the band. The, the, the band The Buggles Became keyboards and guitars for Yes oh, for, for, so for, for 80s Yes. Did they ever play their hit? Did Yes ever play Video Kill the Radio Star? Interesting. I don't know. I would hope so. I would hope if you went to see like Yes in like 86, you know? I mean, and that's kind Everyone of else a, can take a smoke break. <laughs> <laughs> you know? that's, and that's a bit of a testament to Yes. Like, Prague can be a little thick and impenetrable, but like, at its best, it can really kind of ooze its way like an octopus into all sorts of different places. Yeah. And, like, they picked up, uh, I think they do a, a, a project with Toto at one point. Like, I forget what the name of that's called. It's like, yes so or something. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah, so yes, there's, sir. like, a lot of there's like a lot of weird stuff where yes moves and goes. And I think it's partially probably because of this album that they're able to move into all those different, you know, areas. And, you know, Roundabout, the, the, the opening track. Banger. It's a total banger. Solid banger. So I will admit that I'm like listening to it. I'm like, I don't know. Am I in this? Am I in this or not? Then I'm like, damn, I'm fucking in this. (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm here. Let's go for it. In and around the lake. Yeah. (laughs) In and around the lake. That's really funny too because my introduction was uh, "Heart of the Sunrise." 
and Long Distance Runner. I, I was more familiar with those tracks. I so. Long Distance Runner Around is great. Yeah. yeah. The and only it, song on this album that I know from Classic album, Rock Radio like, is Roundabout. Yeah. yeah. I feel like yeah. the track progression is very good. I feel like if you had yeah. an older like they, it's well arranged sibling who was into Prague, you might have gotten some tastes of Hard the Sunrise or Long Distance Runaround. But the radio edit of Roundabout, I think, is what most people know yeah, from yeah. this album, which yeah. is not on this album because it's radio edit. Well, it's, so. radio, it's, it's on this album, but... Also, also more. It's inside the album. (laughs) Yes, and. Yes, feelings on yes have feelings like maybe if i was like high on mushrooms or something i would enjoy listening to this Uh i love roundabout and i like it but as a complete album there's so many parts where i'm just like am i listening to a different song now like i well it's very it's 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 very weird yeah and it's like I love House on the Rock. Have you been there? Yes. Yeah. You've been there. Yeah. You've been there? I have not been there. I've seen it. Can I know you go all with about me? it. I would oh, love to go with please, you. Let's go. <laughs> let's go. Um, <laughs> what does this have to do with yes? <laughs> House on the Rock is real fucking weird. And it is full of strange musical instrument playing situations that sound discordant and like offbeat. And like this isn't, like yes isn't discordant, but it's definitely strange and it switches like the last track on this album you're like winding down from it and they're like wait surprise like here's something else and it's and that felt very modern to me but it also feels very much the idea of like i am in somebody's weird hallucination so you're right it's like it's like being high but and so is being at house on the rock it's like this it feels ephemeral i we are all wizards let's see what happens (laughs) no and then and it does it feels like that it feels like it, it never, like, I cannot ever imagine putting this on while I'm driving or hanging out at my house or even hanging out with people. But I can imagine a situation where this might be on and I would enjoy it. What about a concert? Would you see oh, yes in concert? No, I wouldn't. I'm sorry. If I could go back in I'm time. I'm on and I'm lying on a blanket. I would go back and in I'm time and watch maybe yes. maybe on, like, like something. <laughs> I would watch yes in their prime. I would time travel that, but I don't. I would not go to a current Yes concert. Would you go see Buggles Yes? <laughs> I mean, I feel like I would just, just go back keyboard to this and Yes. Drums. I want to see <laughs> this Yes. Yeah. I think it would be totally fascinating to watch them do this live. And I, I totally appreciate you can hear how much is going, how much fucking work is going into this. Yeah. I hear They're that. Players. It's just the not necessarily the music like, that I like yeah. to listen mm-hmm. to. Mm-hmm. Um, on a regular basis. 
I think what makes this album not easy listening for me is not necessarily the progness of it. Because, like, the songs like, like Roundabout and South Side of the Sky about a failed polar expedition, <laughs> I think yeah. are really cool. But, uh, you know, of the, this, there's nine songs on this album, and only four of them are actually songs? The, the members of Yes. <laughs> yeah, all the members of Yes. It's, it's four group performances and five solo performances of each member, each of the five members of Yes gets a full track to just experiment and do whatever they want, uh, like including like multi-layers of recording. Mm-hmm. Uh, and those tracks are not as successful, in my opinion, of the group tracks. Some of them I like just fine. But some of them, like Bill Bruford, the drummer of Yes, one of the best progressive drummers of his generation, I'm not going to fault him for not being a composer. You know, he's not a composer, and he's admittedly not a composer, but the band sanctioned, like, you're writing a song, and only you will be on it. And that's 5% five for nothing, which I think is a horrible track. <laughs> you know? And, but, like... But it's only, like, like 35 seconds it's long. It's only 35 seconds long. Thank goodness. First, but like, first track on side two. Yeah. 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 Not a banger. Breaks no. the rule. Just like poor Bill Bruford, he knew going into it that he couldn't <laughs> write a song. But it doesn't seem kind of like, why, though? But, why even put it on there? Why well, have the, Bra- the Cans and Brahms song the con- on there? It's, it's why? The concept. I'll tell you why Cans and Brahms is on there. Well, I know that he wanted to put a thing on there, but he couldn't get it out of his contract. Right, right. But just don't. Well, Rick, Rick Wakeman himself describes Cans and Brahms as dreadful. It is dreadful. So, so t- it's terrible. He couldn't put an original composition on because he was still under contract to a different label. So he, but the, but according to yes, like hey, it's a concept. We each need to have a track that's only us. Uh, I don't know. And he contractually cannot write a song. But it's so, so weird. Plays, let's add like an, let's add an hour and a right. half to, or let's add a minute and a half to Roundabout. Wait, and I'm well, in. Like, no, let's get totally. rid of it. Like obviously, the idea for this concept did not originate from Bill Bruford or Rick Wakeman. It was, it was probably John Anderson or or Chris Squire or Steve Howe, and their three solo songs are fine. I yeah. just I yeah. think the idea behind it is okay. We're yes, we're switching our players around a bit. Let's show new listeners what our players can do. Sort of like oh, it's as if you were having a solo in a song to show someone oh, this is the part that I do. But, uh, but that being said, if, if the rule, if the rule doesn't apply, like if the rule doesn't come out clean, just drop the rule and make a better album. I don't know. I mean. Yeah, I, I think that uh, they're sort of necessary though, in a, in a weird way. You need, because your brain is being stretched by an individual song for so, for so long, for it's like a eight, break. eight to ten minutes. An those, yeah, yeah, those are intermissions in between, and so I understand why they they wrote them, but I don't understand the sort of uh, you know why have these other member why have everyone write a song if they yeah if they yeah. Don't it makes it a sound concept, but it doesn't make it it doesn't a better album. It to me it's sloppy. Yeah. It's yeah. like to me it's like you've worked so hard on this thing. And now you're just sticking to your guns on this. Like, I don't know. I just feel like it's real weird and I like it. Oh, <laughs> it is Hands real weird. Of itself or like, Do you like no, 5% for nothing? I just, I just like the interstitial stuff as like a way to be like, and I don't, no. this happened. Look over here. There's like a guy like 
Swan a sword for some reason. Like, just check it out for a minute. He's going to go away soon. He's not going to ask you for money. You'll be fine. Like, I just, I don't know. Like It's like having the Jim Rose show uh, during the 90s in between bands or something. Oh, yeah. Like, it's like yeah. a little. It's just, it's just strange in a way that I got yeah. on board with because of how Prague, the long, well done tracks so can are, we, I guess. So can we like, sort of just, just like. felt fine. I was just like, whatever. No. Yeah. Can, someone, can someone explain Prague to me? Because for me, in my mind, Prague, like, is inextricably sort of stuck together with complex time signatures, which a lot of people throw on, like, math rock. Like, I don't know what to... How do you how do you define Prague rock or Prague pop? Like, is it that it's music played with new instruments and new sort of playing well, styles? The or? formula of rock and roll is relatively straightforward to be considered rock and roll. Uh, prog rock, you know is going to be more progressive, you know, obviously, uh, like breaking the boundaries, whether it's time signature or, or what, while still holding to the rock idiom vibe. So yeah. it's a really it's a really loose definition. Well, and it's like, like Beach, yeah. Boy, Beach Boys apparently are prog. Right. Well, I mean, and no, 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 it's <laughs> pop, not rock. But it's right? prog yeah. pop. Yeah. But I guess for me, like, it's what I've always experienced it as, and as someone that, like, doesn't know that much about music, like, is... Very proficient players experimenting within that genre and expanding it. So it's jazz-like in certain ways because you're jamming. But as someone who fucking hates jamming, like a lot, I think <laughs> it's all through. Com- it seems like it's all through composed, though. Right, and so that's the thing about it is that it's um, well, in jazz like like good jazz like jamming is arguably composed too. Like it's. If you're really good at playing your instrument and you know all the standard stuff, you should be able to experiment within it. And that's the same with prog rock. Maybe it's just like... When I think of a jam, though, I think of open-ended. We're talking like modal structures of now we're all playing this, now we're all playing this, which is composed within different modes or different keys. Right, that's a jazz, you say a thing and they all know what that thing means because they're really good at their fucking job. Jazz versus free jazz. So, so, like, if you're really good at your rock job, you so, can explore that within... Go ahead. So, so progressive uh, progressive pop, progressive rock would essentially be uh, something that favors instrumentation and composition uh, over the traditional and then using techniques that come with classical or jazz. So they're essentially, essentially transitioning yeah. from... Uh, uh, a standard, you know, eight bars or, or whatever. Um, so, yeah, take it however you want to, but it means that the instrumentation, the composition is is a bit more It means te- you're pushing technical. the boundary, but not by noodling, and, but by being so good at what you're doing that you're trying something. And that makes a lot of sense. Maybe intentionally. Like, Wakeman's like a like classical high. pianist. <laughs> yeah. and, like, and it makes a lot of sense reactionary or coming off of a long sort of jam, Grateful Dead, where people were, were doing, uh, you know, things that were experimenting, but not in a structured form. Prague usually at least has a very complex structure formed, but they also, you can expand to whatever you want. Yeah. But there's usually at least an element of it. But that. if you wrote the music out, it would 
cleave to certain things, maybe. Yeah, yeah well, I I like Prague. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just gonna say it. It's uh, cool, I like it too. I, you know, yeah. I have learned what it means and I like it. <laughs> I checked and it's true. Yeah. I hate jamming, but oh. Prague's okay by me. <laughs> this is the there's some there's some hard bass and there's some like there's some serious like rock elements in all this like sort of complex time signature and stuff it's it's got a lot yeah so what do you what are you I'm going to give it a positive okay um <laughs> it's not something that I'm 100% on board with not everything is great but if you want to sit down and listen to something that will make your brain Go a little sideways if you like the stylings of Rush. Uh, then yeah. this is gonna be <laughs> this is gonna be up your alley. You know, it's not not everything is uh, approachable, and some things are maybe throwaways, like five percent of nothing. Um, and like, you know, not everything is beautiful, but even some straightforward flamenco guitar on Mood for a Day is quite nice. Yeah. So I'm gonna I'm gonna say overall, it's a it's a positive. Yeah, I would also say positive. Uh, Something about, uh, yes, I, uh, ever since I heard, like, Heart of the Sunrise, um, there's just something interesting about them, and they're such tight players that I, I can just really analyze the sort of, like, musicianship that goes into each song. Plus, they are kind of the creators, if you will, of, of prog. I mean, they aren't, but at the same time, this sort of, like, prog rock... With, with, ...with Rush and Pink Floyd and some of those other bands. And their songs rip. I mean, they 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 don't go out of bounds. They, they literally do the math problems and then present you with the, the rock solution. They show their work. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. None of that new math bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I love this. I feel like I'm a wizard. We are all wizards together. <laughs> I like where it takes me. I think it's really interesting. Uh, positive. Cool. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be very neutral. Cool. Um, Do it. Roundabout's great. There's some real clunkers on this thing. <laughs> what's, like, what's your least fave? Oh, God, that Brahms, man. Like, <laughs> fuck it. It's boring. It's just a weird thing happening in the corner while you're high. It's fine. <laughs> I just think there's some missed opportunities, it. but I appreciate them pushing their boundaries, trying to progress rock, I guess. <laughs> um, but, yeah, like, it's it's something that I would have to... It would, 
It would have to be fed to me like in little spoonfuls, I think. And I'm not going to sit down and listen to this album. Really like if you're recovering from tuberculosis, what about I can a, come to you and make you like this album. What about album. A, a climactic scene in uh, a movie such as Buffalo 66? Yeah. Oh, no. I've not seen Buffalo 66, but yeah, I would appreciate it. Yeah. Which, which features King Crimson and yes. So, oh, a bunch of Bill Bruford. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of uh, yeah progressive rock. I will say they got a really cool band name. And that's awesome. <laughs> and everybody should listen to Roundabout like to its full extent. <laughs> but if you're really sweating this album, don't worry. You don't need to listen to it. <laughs> I'm, uh, disagree. <laughs> I'm pretty on par with Crystal, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to give it a neutral. Roundabout, solid gold banger. Uh, I really like South Side of the Sky. I like that it's about a, a tragic polar expedition. <laughs> I, I like uh, I like history adventure, you know, <laughs> uh, but the, I, I know that the, that there is a financial reason for them to do the five solo tracks. I, I want to know the which songs you would discount, because what about Long Distance Runaround? It's not a solo track. That's a full band. I know. That's what I'm saying. I'm just trying to pick out what songs you would. I like Roundabout. I like South Side of the Sky. I think that with repeated listens, I'd be really into Heart of the Sunrise. I think I've listened to it like two or three times, and it's just dense. Okay. But but I don't dislike it. Mm-hmm. I think I just need to warm up to it. Same thing with Long Distance Runaround. I thought it was interesting, like the, the like the 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 gimmick quote finger quotes of the song is everyone is playing in four four except for the drummer Bill Bruford who's playing in five eight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a clever concept, but does it actually work? Mm-hmm. It is like maybe it does. Maybe like I'll listen to it three more times. I'll be like, oh, thank goodness the drummer's playing in a different time signature <laughs> than the rest of the band. <laughs> At, right now, though, it just kind of <laughs> seems like a gimmicky prog gimmick okay. to me. Okay. And the solo songs on uh, on the high end of the prolo- solo songs are fine. On the low end of the solo songs are unlistenable. Okay. I don't think that. And again, I know it was for financial reasons, and they try to pass it off as concept. I dig that prog bands have a concept. I think that the five solo songs versus the four band songs uh, weaken this album. Hmm. All right, next time we'll be talking about The Doors, L.A. Woman. All right, thanks, y'all.